and we have Mr. I stay Today's broadcast is being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. Look up phone numbers and email addresses with ease, with pricing as low as only 15 cents per match. Not per search, per match. If there's no number or email address, you don't pay. Get accurate data in just minutes. WokeSkipTracing.com. That's WokeSkipTracing.com. So, so um, we are live now. Um, somebody popping some serious fireworks out there. I thought that was a gun. That's fireworks. I had a flashback of Iraq. But uh, <laughs> we are streaming live right now on uh, in the Woke Real Estate Investing Group on Facebook. So, Rashawn, what up with you, bro? Uh, not much, man. Just trying to get out of this uh, analysis paralysis uh, stage that I'm in and um, actually get out there and get some deals, man. Like, I really want to make this uh, my primary source of income for right now until I can, you know, learn some other investing tricks of the trade yeah um, so have you done any deals so far you just been working on it or marketing or what i just been trying to buy i've been honestly buying up uh uh training programs from different people going to free seminars and stuff looking at different youtube videos of youtube university trying to learn what i can um and then have somebody kind of put me like i guess like put it in order for me, you know, like what's the next step? What do I do? What do I say in this situation? How do I talk to this person? Um, as far as like cold calling, I mean, I can talk to people cause I worked in call centers before. So that's fine. But knowing what you're talking about gives you all the confidence in the world. So that's what I really want to focus on the education piece before I jump in and just half fast, you know, do a deal. I, I didn't want to do it like that. Yeah, so I mean, I can understand that. You know, it can be kind of frustrating, and there's a lot of moving parts, especially when you start talking about creative real estate. You know, my best position, I can tell you, you know, right off the gate is don't worry about what you don't know. Just know to ask good questions of that seller. If you form everything into a question, you know, even if they ask you something you don't know, you know, we'll look into that, but get right back to asking about what you're asking about, whether you're talking about condition of the property, whether you're talking about the situation they're in, why they're selling and things like that. You know, what are their real motivation of why they need to sell and deal with you to begin with? Because most people, when they want to sell their house, they want to try to put it with the real estate agent, right? They put it on the MLS. But for some reason, they got in contact with you or got on the phone with you. Why are they talking to you versus doing what normal or regular people do or what the masters do? So you have to kind of identify what their you know pain or motivation may be for even dealing with you versus doing what everybody else do. Why don't you just go list it? You know, that's generally uh you know some of the type of talking that we do. So we ask, you know, pretty much any person we talk to, have you ever even thought about just listening with a real estate agent or something like that? And they're gonna tell you, oh no, I don't want to do that. They're gonna take a commission. Or oh no, I don't want to do that. They're gonna take too long. I need it sold quickly. Or oh no, you see they're gonna tell you versus you trying to tell them. So that's why I say if you position yourself as a good question asker, you know, when you know the right questions to ask, it opens up all the doors for what you can do because you don't know what you can and cannot do because every situation is different. Does that make sense? Because okay. it makes it a uh, 
you know, when you put yourself on, it shouldn't be you're on the spot to be like, oh, I know all of this stuff and I can do all this. It's not about you. It's about them. Uh-oh, are you frozen there? We're doing the, what they call it. Do people still do their dance anymore? Oh, you so you try to freeze up on me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's not working. Say it was working good. What happened? Uh, you can drop out and come back in on that same thing and see if it works better. I don't know why it's uh did that froze you up there. You can exit out and just try to come back in and see if that makes it work. I don't know if it's your internet connection or what there. Sound like they shooting guns out here, man. Bow, bow, bow. It must be 4th of July. 4th of July. Happy holiday, everybody. Let me take him off of here because it froze. Yeah, just drop. I'm going to boot you out. Let me see. Can I do that? I don't want to boot you out permanently. I just want to kick you out. If you want to kick the person out. Oh, there you are. I think you're back now. You back. Are you back now? Say we was rolling good there. Did, did everything I was saying come out or did it kind of chop up? What up, Danny Danielle Beacon? How many names you got? Makes sense. Great, great. It's like you're leading them with an open-ended question. Exactly. Yeah, I was just reading some of the comments here. Can you hear me now? What up, though? Yeah, okay, so yeah, did, was what I said was that making sense, or did it uh did it chop up on you? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Just I guess going down a list of questions. Um, like starting like why don't you list it and everything, or do you have somebody to kind of help you out in this situation, or like just kind of I guess eliminating the um op objections, I guess. Exactly. Basically, you're trying to the real thing you're trying to do is you're trying to disqualify them. You're trying to find a reason almost to not work with them, but you want them coming to you say, "Oh no, I think you can save it," or "I think you can buy it," or whatever. That's the position you want to be. It's not like you're a motivated buyer. You never want to look like, "Oh, I need to buy your house." Ooh, please send me your house. Give me a chance. Don't ever come in nobody like that. I'm just here. Your first call is a fact finding mission. We're here as an investigator. We got our magnifying glass trying to see condition of property, situation you're in, what you know, what you really got going on. How can I provide value to you? How can I help you today? How do you see all this playing out, Mr. Seller? I ask people that all the time. How do you see all this working out to you? In a best case scenario, what do you think? How do you think this should all play out? And they'll tell you, I'll just be glad to get rid of this house. I don't want it. Whoa, that sounds like you really don't want this thing. But some people are like, oh, no, I want full value and full cash right now. And I'm not taking a penny less than X number amount. You know, that kind of person you're probably wasting your time with, just being honest, unless you can create something out of it. But generally, the words they say is going to tell you if they even worth you pursuing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, OK, so after I get, I guess, past the calls, I mean, like, when I'm talking to them on the phone, because I guess everything is going to be virtual now until whenever this coronavirus lifts. Um, 
and I guess I get them to talking about prices and stuff like that. And I get past that, the contract piece. Um, I want to make sure I got that set up because I'm using a uh, hello sign and uh, I have some templates on there, uh, like a regular uh, purchase and sale agreement. And I have um, a wrap um, addendum. Uh, like I got one for sub two and then one for the wraps. Um, and then I have like the actual addendum attached to it to where I can send both documents and stuff like that. But, uh, I guess I'm confused as far as like when I'm safer, like if we're working on the pre foreclosure, right. And I need to find out, you know, what the actual, what, what's left on the loan and everything. And I need to, I guess, to get their, uh, permissions to contact these people unless they do it themselves. I mean, what's the best way to kind of start that conversation piece? Like, you know, do I ask them, like, hey, can you get the, what's the name of it? Um, You're talking about the authorization to release information. Uh, yes, that, that. So, yeah, um, so basically when I'm I, talking like, to somebody. I initiate that, that, like saying, like. Yeah, so basically it starts off as you know having your conversation, you know, about how much do you still owe on it. Are are you are you still in clear here? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so say you're speaking to a person, you know, you're having your conversation, they told you about the condition of the property. And I want to make sure this is in order for you now. You don't want to start talking about no numbers right out the gate. I never start talking about no numbers in the first two questions. I'm talking about the condition of the house. First, because that's the thing they call to talk to you about, or when you're speaking to them. Tell me a little bit about the house. Yeah, it got this three bedroom, two bath, and need this and need that, whatever. What kind of updates have you made to the property? Uh, what kind of repairs do you think it may need? Open ended questions where they can just rattle on and ramble. You want them talking more than you. You ask that open ended question. So after we've gone through the condition of the house, now, great, great. Sounds like a pretty good house. We're made to decide to want to sell it. I have always ask something like that. I don't just say, why are you selling? Because that's kind of like, why are you selling? Uh, you know, it can depend on who you're talking to. To me, it just feels more conversational to just. So, I mean, it seemed like a good house to me. I mean, why you don't just keep it? What made you decide to just sell it? See, because now they telling me their motivation right there when they answer that question. Okay. I'm selling it because my grandpa left it to me and I don't want it. I live in Michigan, the house in St. Louis, and I don't want to be there messing with that house. See, they told you their problem by you asking the right questions. Not you trying to know everything and read, be a mind reader. You can never read anybody's mind, but you can ask questions to let them tell you what they want to do. Does that make sense? Is that all adding up okay. there? So that's just first part, condition. Now, after we talked about condition, then we start talking about, you know, a little bit about their motivation on why they're doing what they're doing. You know, like I said earlier, you're probably trying to disqualify them to basically you're asking these questions so you will know if they're a good fit for you because they may not be a good fit for you, especially if you know you're doing pure wholesaling. If you know they owe 300000 in a house worth 300000 you're probably not doing a wholesale deal. You know what I'm saying? You, you're going to know that pretty quickly by asking the right questions. Um, so I'll say once you got, like I said, your condition of the property section first, their motivation or whatever, next. Am I coming through clear here? All right. Yeah. So so the uh, condition of that property next, that motivation next, and then timeline. If we're able to work everything out, how soon would you like to close? 
I want to close today. I want to close yesterday. Or somebody say, oh, I got 90 days. Oh, I got plenty of time. They're really not that motivated. You see what I'm saying? By asking the question. You found out by asking the right questions, not just assuming that all oh, they ain't going to do this. Or they ain't going to do that. I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. You kind of freezing up. Know, is that what comes into play? Like it, like I guess the motive. I heard a little bit of that. Can you repeat one more again? Uh, Are you on the phone or a computer? What up? Assalamu alaikum. What up, Hannah? How are you? Alaikum salam. On that thing, yeah. It'll be back in a second. Finding this value, valuable content, valuable. Give it a like, give it a share, give it a thumbs up. Please tag somebody. All right, you're back, Rashawn. All right, can you see me? Yeah. Can you? Yes, I can hear you. I can see you. It's, it's, I guess, a, it's a little delayed. Um, See, it started out all strong and good, then it went away. <laughs> are you on a phone, or what are you on right now? Are you on a phone, or what are you on right now? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, it's it sounds like it's gonna be like a delayed uh, response. Um, so I'll pause. Uh, like if I talk or you talk, just so I can hear everything. Um, All right. So pretty much what you're saying is to uh, ask the right questions to identify the pain, and then eliminate the objections while you're asking the questions and let them talk more than you when you're on the phone with them. And yeah. I guess once you, whenever you get back, you know, when you get down to price, uh, you go stuff like that. Um, cause I guess what I was taught was to have two different, um, prices, two different cash, uh, one using the comps, uh, the lowest comps in the area and another oh. one using all high comps, and so we're trying a number in between, like don't yeah, go above your. Huh? Yeah. So before you even get to any of that stuff, that's why I want to make sure we keep this in kind of an order for you, because that's what you told me in the beginning. We want to have a pretty much step by step sequence. I don't want to start talking about know what we offering yet, because that's gonna make it kind of messy. I want to keep you straight here. Your 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 your, uh, your condition of the property is what you're talking about first. Okay. You know that motivation level, things like that. You know. What are you going to do if you're not able to sell things like that? You know, I asked that question. What are you going to do if you're not able to sell it? Oh, man, I guess I'll let the bank take it. People have told me that I let the bank take it. I don't care no more or whatever. You don't know what they're going to say. That's why we are asking these questions so they can tell you how they feel or what they think about certain things. Everybody mind work different. So, you know, you thinking one thing, I'm thinking one thing and they thinking something. I want to know what they thinking. Does that make sense? So that's Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like I guess almost like the different personality types and stuff. 
you'll identify that by the way they talk and way they answer your questions. Like I think you saying like with the different um personality types, like different people think different. Exactly. And you don't know what they are willing to do or not do until you ask the right questions and let them speak. Because sometimes I've got on the phone with a person to say, tell me a little bit about the house. So find out if they want to sell now. Is this still a delay on here, I guess? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's okay. So, so what I'm saying is not to try to disqualify or overanalyze nothing they say right now. What we're doing right now is asking good oh, questions yeah. so we can find out if this is something worth pursuing. We're not telling them that we like it or not on that line. We're just asking our questions, gathering facts, gathering facts. We're not trying to make an offer. We're trying to beat them up already. None of that stuff. That's the way I do it. Now, there's a lot of ways to do this, but I don't do that on an initial call. My initial call is to, like I say, gather the facts, know what's really going on with their situation to kind of identify to see what we can possibly do or what they feel like will be good for them. Because they feel whatever they feel like is best for them. We want to try to get them that if that's possible. But we don't know that until we know what they even want. Okay. You're good. You're good. So is that all? Make uh, oh, yeah, you're good. I'm looking away. Oh, you're good. I took you off the camera anyway because it's frozen. So I just I guess got your audio on right now. Let me see. I can put you back on camera. Let me see how this looks. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm uh, why you talking to me. Okay, you're good. So that's the biggest thing. So like I say, that's our initial thing. Don't overthink about what the numbers they say or none of that. I don't even care what they say, to be honest, because I'm going to go back and evaluate everything they said anyway. That's why we call it trust, but verify. They said one thing, you might look it up and see something totally different. Like, wait a minute. Hmm, that ain't add up. You know, whatever. We don't know. So, so like I said, your basic thing is to get the first information out. Now that we've got the condition, we've gotten the motivation kind of out of the way or kind of kind of hurt some of their motivation. May not be all of it because sometimes they may not tell you on their first phone call or tell you on an initial call because they haven't really warmed up to you yet. Because, you know, rapport buys more houses than cash ever will. So the more they're speaking, the more they feel like they know you, like you and trust you. And that's who people do business with. Wouldn't you agree? So pretty much let them talk themselves into them being comfortable. Exactly. Now you now you're resonating. It's I can feel it going through the internet waves. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I can hear you. Is it still it's delaying? Going. Okay. It's, it's, it keeps going. Right now. Um, all right. So gathering the facts. Yep, gather the facts on it. Don't worry about what they say like that right now because we don't know what we're going to do later. And so say you go through this whole fact-finding mission, 20, 30 questions, whatever, you know, whatever. We ask about 50 questions, to be honest with you. I'll go ahead. Uh-oh, got booted out. Guess he'll be back. So, yeah, so that's basically what I'm saying. Gather the facts, 
Be a person. Don't have to be a robot. Hi, I am Chris. Want to buy your house? No. We want to be a person and talk like a regular person, regular conversation. Let me see. I think you're back. Boom. You're back, Rashawn. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you and I can hear you. It's a little choppy, but I can hear you. Okay. So have you got all what I said so far about gathering the information? Yes. Yes. So once you've you know gotten gotten you know a little bit of information, a little bit of data. Now, there you go. That's what I'm talking about, taking copious notes. So now that you've got some, some information, then you can go back, run comps, see what houses are selling for in the area, formulate your offer now that you've got some information. Because without that information, like a kind of idea of like what kind of repairs it needs and things like that, you really can't evaluate the deal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I guess you don't know what you're helping them with. You're kind of shooting in the dark. Exactly. That's why we ask. That's why we keep the position of being a good question asker. If we're not asking them what's going on with them, seeing what how we can help them. How do you see this playing out, Mr. Seller? Stuff like that, because they can tell you right in and there, man, I don't give a crap. I just want to walk away. You can have that house. I just don't want to keep paying that loan and have it ding in my credit or whatever. We don't know. Or they might just say, I just don't want to deal with this house. I'm tired of the code enforcement knocking on the door or calling me or bill collectors calling me. I just want to be done with that house. And that's what some people are. Dude. They're really done with the house and they don't want it. And you're here to help take that pain away. All right. So once you got all that, um, okay. I'll go ahead. So Did you have any other questions about that part now. first? Did you have? Um, no, I'm I'm good. I, I can see the flow on where that's going. I guess uh, but prior to getting on the phone with them, um, I guess to actually get them on the phone because I've had like at least seven calls. And I have not uh, like talked to them, so I know I call these people back. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Website, because I'm in a all real to like track it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure to like. Should I send out mail to get more people on the phone, or should I send out like a, a SMS blast or just keep calling? Good question. So, yes, call them, text them, email them, whatever you need to do to reach them. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just, it's just a delay. So, um, I'm probably talking. Email. Yeah, so text, call, any way you can reach, all the way up into knocking on the door if you have to, depending on what type of list you're working. If you're working like a pre foreclosure list or something like that, you may need to knock on the door, you know? Or call a family member or reach out to them on social media. Get in that inbox. Slide in the DMs. There's a lot of ways to reach out to people, whatever it takes to get an answer. 
One, do you even want to sell your house? Because some people will tell you they're going to have to drag my dead body out of this house. They might tell you they're going to drag me out of here skull and bones. I never sell my house. There are people out here like that. So you have to first identify, are they even looking to sell? Does that make sense? Turn, tell him to turn on the Wi-Fi. Do you have Wi-Fi on your phone there or whatever you're using? Like that part. Yeah, you're real choppy now. I can I can only hear some of that. All right. So you get going in and out. Facts. That's right. What's up, Leslie? What's up, Hannah? Website. Good question. If you want to learn more about this and others, all you got to do is go to wokerealestate.com. Where is it at on here? Is that it? Bloop. Wokerealestate.com. Everything you need. One-stop shop. I guess he'll be back in in a second here. Um, if this video is providing any type of value, give it a thumbs up, give it a like, give it a share. It's being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. All right, let's see what we got here. Rashawn, you back. All right, is your Wi-Fi turned on on your phone? You got that Wi-Fi? Yeah, it's on. I, I just had to move my router on closer to where I'm at. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. And so um, we're good now. We got initial call down. Uh, you gather the facts. Now, like I said, you go back and evaluate the deal to run the comps, comparables, things like that. And uh, But you got to be in contact with them first. You were asking about reaching out to people. Is that right? Okay, how are you reaching out to people now? Are you just cold calling only or doing some other stuff? Cold calling. Um, I thought about sending out mailers, but I know that can get pretty expensive because I was told I should send out uh, handwritten letters, but don't um, don't uh, say, I guess, you know, anything about the pre-foreclosure because people are sensitive to that. It's kind of like your business being out there in the street. So, right. Um, like I was thinking about sending out mailers, but I'm just cold. I was, I sent out some text blasts, but that was like months ago and I didn't get any responses. But the calls that I'm getting now, I'm thinking it's from back then. Right, right. That makes sense. So um, I'll give you a couple of tips here that can help you with your cold calling. First, when you call one time and they don't answer, call again. Call them numbers twice. That's the first tip for you. And they still don't respond or go to voicemail. You can leave a voicemail for them, just, you know, general, tell them you're looking to buy the house and also send them a text message. I know there's going to be a lot of work, but you might have to hit them a couple different ways to get a response. You really, and when you're cold calling, you're looking to get a response first. Either leave me alone. How'd you get my number? Why are you bugging me? Or yeah, I want to sell, you know, it's either one of them or how much you'll give me. 
We don't know what they're going to say, but I need some type of feedback to even though I reach somebody. We don't know if nobody answers, right? So, like I said, call them twice. Yeah, yeah call them twice, text them, and leave them a voicemail if you can. A generic voicemail. You know, it don't have to be nothing specific about, you know, anything crazy. But just, you know, yeah, I'm looking to buy a couple of houses in the area. Just trying to see if you were looking to sell yours. Call me back at this number. Blank, 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 blankety blank. You can text me or call me. Either one is perfectly fine. Blank, 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 blankety blank. Again, my name is Chris and I hope to speak to you soon. I leave all my messages that same way because some people might want to text you back. Like you just said a second ago about a person may want, um, may be ashamed that, oh man, I got to sell my house and I don't really, I'm scared to talk to somebody. I'm scared because I got a lot of debris and I'm a hoarder or whatever. People got all type of stuff going on in their mind. I want to make it easy for them to reach me. Text me, call me, reach out to me, whatever you need to do to get this thing started. Is that all making sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So when so, you are talking to these, uh, I guess, uh, motivated sellers, how often, um, well, I guess how long, because I know sometimes you have calls that take like five, ten minutes, some take an hour, but like, is the process been to where like you have to talk to them several different times um, about the same property over like the consecutive days? Like, okay, I can't talk right here, but I can talk during this time. We really didn't give too get too much deep into it on the call. Like, uh, I guess there's multiple people that need to come in and talk. So, have you had situations like that to where you had to, you know, talk to them the next day because somebody else has to get on the phone? Most definitely. The fortunes are in the follow-up. Follow-up is key. It is something that is, you know, can be difficult, but there are software and apps and things that can kind of help you with that. But you got to follow up with these people. There's so many deals I know I've missed out on just from failing to follow up, just to find out they sold it for cheaper than I would have gave them. Okay. So, you know, following up with people is very important. They're like, yeah, call me back after three o'clock. Call them back after three o'clock. Multiple times. Hey, you said to call you after three o'clock. What's up? I want to buy. You want to sell? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, I mean, whatever it takes, that's the real answer. Whatever it takes to get to the next step, to get to the finish line. If you got to call them in the morning, call them in the morning. Let me go down this list really quick just to make sure I have it right. Um, when I'm reaching out, um, call twice. They don't pick up, leave a voicemail. Uh, let them know that, you know, I'm um, looking to buy. You know, keep it short and sweet. Give the, I guess, uh, number, email address. Can I leave a business website too? No, I wouldn't do that on a cold call. No. The only time I would get into that kind of specific stuff about the company is after we've already spoke and you've identified that you are truly a seller, not somebody that's trying to turn me into the Better Business Bureau or some company to say, you cold call me and I'm going to do not call this. Hell no. We're not mentioning no company names. No time early on in the conversation. My name's Chris and I'm looking to buy some houses. Are you looking to sell? Great. You got a good time. Is this a good time to talk? Perfect. Tell me a little bit about your house and let them go. You know, real standard stuff. All and you know, once they've told you a little bit about their house and you've identified and you see that they're serious trying to sell, now I can tell you, yeah, we work with St. Louis cash buyers. We buy houses for cash in any condition, and that's regardless of how much you owe. Got it. So call twice, leave a voicemail, 
SMS blast, try to get a response, and the response that I'm either going to get is either yes, no, or how much you're looking. But the point is to get them to talk and open up to create some type of dialogue. Once yeah. I got them on the phone, uh, ask the right questions to identify the pain points, and then while they're talking, identify what type of, I guess, personality they are. And well, you're going to know that anyway. You'll, you'll be able to identify that anyway. Plus, you say you're using call rail, right? Yeah. So all calls are recorded for quality and training purposes anyway. You can go back and play that call back. You see what I'm saying? So don't stress yourself yeah. out like, oh, I got to identify what kind of person it is. I got to do that. You ain't got to do none of that. Gather facts. That's the way I do it. Now, I'm not saying that's the yeah. only way to do it. See, my virtual assistants do the majority of this stuff that I'm even talking about right now. I don't even do this stuff that much. My virtual assistants, I train them up on how to speak to people on the phone, ask the right questions, gather the facts. I come back later and do a closing call. Now we start talking about digging into them numbers and digging into more pain points and all this other stuff. That's that's what I do on a closing call. See, but now I got all the ammunition. Wouldn't it be easier to go to battle when you got all the ammunition, you got all the answers, you know how much they owe, you know what the situation is, you know all this stuff. You can ball it all up and your offer or your, your thing is more suitable to what they got going on because you know everything. How easy is it to close a deal out when you know all the information? Okay. Versus going in blind, yeah, I think I'm just going to offer them 100000 when they only when they only wanted 80000 You just offered them more than they even wanted. Yeah, man. There's it's some people out here that's uh, telling you to do stuff like that, so I'm glad I'm getting some, some feedback on that because it's I was getting some some nasty little message. I know that's going to come with the territory, but it was happening a little bit more than I, I like, you know? So I'm like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. I need to figure it out. So what, you were just shooting out offers? Hey, I'll give you 40000 Man, yes. I was sending a contract. I was sending, you know, all of that. Like, I'll have, like, the verbiage, like, you know, it's – ballot for like three days and stuff like that but yeah i would be just shooting in the dark trying to you know reel a reel a seller in but it wasn't working at all it ain't gonna yeah, work like, remember I, what i said earlier rapport buys more houses than cash ever will if you just be a person be yourself have a decent conversation with them but while you're having that conversation we're gonna answer all these questions right here that i got already predetermined before i ever even called you So we have, uh, so I have this like checklist basically. We have all, all this stuff you see on this sheet right here. We ask all this yeah. stuff on an initial call. It's everything I just kind of went over right there. It's, it's like general stuff to let help you have a gauge. It's not a script because script mean be a robot and talk like this. No, I'm having a regular conversation. Hey, Rashawn, how you doing? Tell me a little bit about your house. Oh, yeah, it's a three-bedroom, two-bath. I inherited from my grandpa. This, 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 and this, and that. They need a new roof. Oh, wow. Have you got a quote to see what that roof cost? Oh, yeah, they told me seven grand. Yeah, they told me this much. Whatever. Let them talk. Let be a person. But you know that you're going to ask these questions somewhere through this conversation. I'm going to be a person my whole time I'm talking. It don't sound scripty like I have to read this question like this and do not misspeak. No, don't do that. <laughs> you know? Man, like... I had a few people tell me to do that. I'm like, I'm reading the script and I'm on a phone. I'm like, eh, click. Like, no, I'm not interested. Click. You know, it's just like you trying to go through the script and it, it don't feel right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So, so be yeah, a person. Be be likable. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Let them know, like, and trust you. Okay. That makes sense. 
Especially, you know, you, you I mean, you seem like a pretty reasonable person. You have a good personality. You just be yourself and get your questions answered. That's all. It ain't don't overthink it. It ain't no analysis paralysis. It's not over stretching it. Trying, oh, man, I think they I don't know what the numbers are. You don't need to know what the numbers are. You just need to know how to be a good person to have a good conversation. Talk to him. So once I get the facts, then I'll know what to do from there. I just got to get the facts out. Right. That's how I do it. Now, now it's one of two ways you can do that. You can do it, you know, talk to him on the phone and do it while you're there. I don't really suggest doing it that way. I usually say, or I have my virtual assistant say, so what we're going to do now, so say we asked all these questions, right? We figured out what they can and do and won't do and all this stuff. So what we're going to do now is run some comps of comparable home sales of other properties in the area to see what they sold for and things like that. We're going to gather some more information and we'll contact you back within the next 24 to 48 hours to either make you an offer or come out and see the property. Sometimes you got to go see the property, but many times we can make the offer just from being good on the phone by asking the right questions on the phone. See, I was virtual before this COVID-19 stuff hit. Everybody like, did, did, did COVID mess you up? Not me. We was already virtual. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, <laughs> This is what real estate breathes through right here. Paperwork. Real estate go through paperwork. People can get in the way. The house can get in the way. If you got the paperwork done, you're probably going to get the deal done most of the time. Okay. Paperwork makes that paperwork. So, like, once you come in, like, you know, uh, with the closing call and everything, and I guess, uh, do you give them, um, like, uh, I guess, depending on if it's equity in the home or if it's uh, no equity in the home. Do you give them like a cash offer and another option of a, like either a down payment arbitrage or like some type of sub two deal? Yeah. So that's part of our initial questioning. Like I said, we ask a bunch of questions on the front end. Every lead that comes through our pipeline, every one of them, no matter if it's got a loan on it or not, no matter if they got a bunch of equity or not, no matter if it's free and clear or not, no matter if it needs a bunch of repairs or not, we ask the same question. Would you consider taking a monthly payment until we pay you off in full? Would you consider taking a monthly payment until we pay you off in full? Would you consider? That don't mean they have to. Would you even consider that? Now they say, yeah, I would consider that. Great. We'll get you some information on that. They just opened up the door for you to give them multiple offers. But if some people say, no, nah, I don't want to do none of that funny stuff. I want all cash, all fast. I don't want to talk about it. Them people you ain't doing no terms deal with. But you have identified that on the initial call. You see what I'm saying? It's already identified. Yeah, yeah, so you know what to do like when the time comes to make the offer. Now, once okay. they do say, yes, they do have it. I do have templates in the Woke Real Estate Investing Group on Facebook in the uh, file section. There's a template that I have where you can do a multiple offer. You just need to figure out what your numbers are, but it's already a template. You just plug and play your numbers and maybe add a sentence for like that specific situation or something like roof repairs are costly and this and this and this to kind of justify why you gave this lowball offer or whatever. You see what I'm saying? But you'll see it's on the yeah. actual thing there. Um, with the, uh, I guess the wraps, um, can you like, I guess, I guess, talk me through like once you identify that they're old, willing to, you know, take payments until it's paid off in full. Um, can you like talk me through like your, your I guess your step by step on talking to them about the rap or getting the rap paperwork set up to send to them and everything. Cause I know you have to involve your title company or your closing attorney uh, with that, but I'm not too sure about the process. Yeah, the process is actually more simple than you think. 
You only need two documents to start the process. Not all. There is a packet of paper they got to sign at closing, but to start the process, you need two things. One, the purchase and sales agreement. That's going to outline the terms yeah. of the deal. We know that you need the purchase and sales agreement. Two, that authorization to release information. I'm going to try to get that signed off right then at the same time. Purchase and sales agreement and the authorization to release information. Do you have an authorization to release document? I have a form like that, but I'm not sure if it's like, you know, I don't know if shit the verbiage is different from what you have. So I can kind of like send it to you later to see if it's nope. like, you know, legit. Um, so, so same thing. Go into the file section of the Woke Real Estate Investing Group on Facebook. In the file section, there is the authorization to release information document right there. All you got to do is fill in the blanks, creditor info, fax number, whatever, you know, and it already has the right verbiage in there to give you all the information that you need. It says right in it, this is a continuing one because sometimes banks want you to, uh, you know, have it for 30 days and all that stuff. No, it states right on the paperwork. This is continuous, you know, forever, basically, until we cancel it or something like that. So also when you do this, so like I said, you need the purchase and sales agreement and the authorization to release information. When you do the authorization to release, you take that document. They have to sign it with the regular pen, not DocuSign, HelloSign or none of that. That actual document needs to be signed a wet signature. You know why? Hold on. The phone uh, in and out. I'll come back and come back in because I didn't hear that, uh, that last it was getting juicy. Knock them off of here. Come on back, Rashawn. If y'all have any questions about any of this, too, go ahead and drop it in the comments. I'll try to get it answered for you before we wrap this thing up tonight. What up, everybody? Let's see who we got over here. Align offers. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some people can do that. I just don't. Today's broadcast is being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. Look up phone numbers and email addresses with ease, with pricing as low as only 15 cents per match, not per search, per match. If there's no number or email address, you don't pay. Get accurate data in just minutes. WokeSkipTracing.com. That's WokeSkipTracing.com. Mr. Thinker. Yeah. All right. So to answer your question here, how do you respond to people say, how do you get their number? Yeah, I got you, Daniel. Give me a second. All right. Sean, you're back. You back, you back, you back on the attack. Oh, there you go. Now you're back. So did you did all of that come through about the authorization of release information? You says that was in the file sections of uh, woke real estate, right? Yep, okay. and the woke real estate investing group on facebook the free group you just go on in there go into the file section and you can download it fill it out do whatever you want but like i said when it comes to the authorization to release information it needs to be a wet signature meaning signed by a real pen because they compare that signature to the signature card at the bank so they cannot use a DocuSign, hello sign or one of these digital signature service um things it has to be a wet signature did it all come through signature for all wraps no this is just for authorization to release information documents it's, it's for all wraps you have to have a wet signature 
So now, now we're not talking about specifically raps. We're talking about any type of creative deal where there's a loan in place and we're trying to get permission to speak to the bank on the seller's behalf. That document, that authorization to release information document has to be a wet signature on that because they compare that to the signature card at the bank. Did that all come through? Did it come through? What you gonna do when it come for you? Let's see here. The Woke Real Estate Investing Group. I can't hear you if you're saying anything because it's uh frozen. Frozen. You froze. Um, let's see what we got here. Questions asked now. So um, while we're waiting on him to come back in, let me see here. Dan Danielle said, how do you respond? They say, how do you get my number? Everything's on the Internet. Google. Everybody on Google, you know that. <laughs> so do you want to sell your house? Get back to asking questions. Even if somebody asks you a question, you always come back with a question. Answer it, but come on back with a question. Don't never just answer a question and be quiet because you're just opening yourself up to be drilled with a thousand questions. All right, let me see here. There he is. Are you back now? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah, man. This is, uh, I'm trying to tough through it. Yeah, I can see you. I'm trying to tough through <laughs> it and get these, uh, trying to hear the answers to the questions. I'm... So bear with me. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, no problem. This is actually recorded anyway, so you can always play it back anytime. Or, you know, like I say, I'll, I'll reiterate anything that you didn't get clearly. I want to make sure you get all the value possible. I want to flood you with, I shower you with value. Okay, cool. Cool, <laughs> cool. So you. You get a wet signature for um the authorization forms. That's correct. Authorization to release information. It's a one page document. Real simple. Fill in the blank. They need to sign it with a wet signature. That's it. All right. So you good? How would, uh, you go about getting? Uh, how would you go about? I heard. How would you go about getting and it cut off? You hear me? Now I can hear you again. Getting uh, the authorization form, getting a wet signature, but virtually though. Like if you're in a different state, how can you get that? over to you or over to the title company or a closing attorney um so well so when you you saying the wet signature part there's a couple of ways to do that one you're going to email them the document say they need to print tell them the instructions you need to print this out sign off on it complete complete as much as you know which is going to ask their social security number it's going to ask their birth date it's going to ask their loan number it's going to ask their creditor information, like the bank that's holding the loan and you know stuff like that. Fill in the information. Now, they may not know the actual fax number to that bank. You can look that up or get that information yourself. But at a bare minimum, we need them to sign birthday social on that document. If they don't do nothing else and loan number, if that's possible as well. So, you know, 
and they can it's really simple fill in the blank now the way to get that done so virtually, the way to get that done virtually is they would you would email them the document they would print out the document they would fill out the document once they fill out the document they can take a picture with it with their phone they can take a picture of it with their phone it can be digital after they sign it they just need to sign it with a ink pen that's all it can be a digitally transmitted document so don't mix up what i'm saying they just need to sign it with a wet pen it's not about the transfer of the document the document could be sent by fax email whatever way you want to do it as a photo whatever does that all make sense yeah that makes sense makes sense so um as far as the so and then you asked about speaking to a seller in regards to terms right repeat that again so you also asked about speaking to a seller in regards to terms correct yes so um it's a simple conversation so once they have identified that yes i will sell my house on terms now it's depending on the situation so that's why i say it is so important to gather the facts on the front end so say you have a house they owe fifty thousand on the property thousand but their asking price is sixty thousand following me they owe fifty but they want 60 for it. I would ask a person like that, would you be willing to sell it for what you owe on it? Whenever that number is within 15,000 of the loan balance, I usually ask them, would they be willing to sell it for what they owe on it? Most of the time they'll say no, but some people say, yeah, I just want to get rid of it. Now, if there's a large amount of equity in a property, say they owe 50,000, but the house is worth a big number like say 150 or something like they got a lot of equity you're probably not going to be buying it on a subject to then you probably would be buying it on a wrap because they have equity in it which means you're going to create another secondary note and deed of trust if you're in a deed of trust state do you know if you're in a deed of trust state or a mortgage state you said do i know for what do you know if you are in a deed of trust state or a mortgage state? I think this is a mortgage state. I'm not too sure, but I'll um, follow up on that and get back to you on that. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. So, you know, because it's I've all been about a lot of uh, in like the Colorado groups I've been seeing like. So you say you're in Colorado, I can look it up right now. Colorado. Okay. Actually, I think there's a thing on here to tell you everything by state. Um, let's see here. You said what? Yeah, you, it is a mortgage state. It looks like. Hold on, let's see here. Here we go. Boom. Let me share my screen. Let's share the screen. Share the screen right. of the dream team. Ooh, wee, if you can see this, let's see here. Share. 
share and share blue if we can see that let me zoom in so some states are both as you see alabama is a mortgage state and a deed of trust state you say you're in colorado you're a deed of trust state and as you see right here it breaks down different ones uh, i'm in missouri we're a deed of trust state some places are both montana's deed of trust and mortgage state so they got a whole list of them here and all i did was put in mortgage state versus deed of trust states and it broke that whole list down to figure out you know for other people watching or if you're doing other states because you said you're going to illinois or something too right didn't you say you're going to be doing business in illinois let me see where illinois mm -hmm. illinois is both both of them they do mortgages yeah yeah i just wrote, trust. so they do both let me make that bigger for you too, I... so they do both of them there you go pick your state and there you go so there you go and the difference is like they say here's about the foreclosure proceedings in the event somebody don't pay that's the biggest difference what different rules if you're in a mortgage state it's kind of harder to get right. a person out than a deed of trust state from what i understand any any event you need to get somebody up out their house for not paying all right are we talking about like uh if it are we talking about like if it's a difference between like what the difference between the um the non uh judicial foreclosure and then a judicial foreclosure are we calling it something else or is this something completely different when you're asking about a deeder that's the same thing okay. so yeah you're not even you're not asking about any of that your attorney does all of this that's why i say when all that all that back end stuff ain't even our business our business is to work a good deal with that seller get it under contract evaluate the property and do our real estate business all that back end stuff that's why we got attorneys on our team that's why we got our dream team real estate agents title company stuff like that they deal with all of that i don't deal with none of that crap and neither should you okay. but to be aware I, know, um, I just say this so you can be aware that there are different types of things i'm not saying to be an expert at that let the real estate attorney and them deal with that but you just need to know that there are differences depending on where you're doing business at that's basically what all i was saying okay so once i get uh say for instance I get this uh contract um well i get the property under contract um because i ha i use a, a title company like i established a re relationship with a title company um do i call them and i ask like hey i want to open up escrow on this property and i send them to uh send her the documents yep i send them a purchase and sales agreement i send them an email in fact i don't even call them i send an email new order one two three woke street attached to a purchase and sales agreement everything they need to know is on a purchase and sales agreement if i need to tell them something extra like hey yeah we need to close this asap let them know we need to close this asap pending foreclosure on july 10th or something like that if there's some extra we want them to know i tell them that additionally to let them know that hey yeah we need this like express can we get this on the expressway please but other than that it's a simple email i don't even call now i do want feedback from them to How say Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm good. What, what were you saying? You said, how do I do what now? Um, I guess I'm, I'm like, I'm jumping back and forth. Cause like, I got like a list of questions. Uh, how do you, 
accurately assess the rehab when you don't have the experience of actually going into a property and knowing what's wrong like with it or what what you need to do i know it comes to like effectively calculate rehab on a property how would you go about doing that so we do it in chunks we don't do it in down to the penny you'll never get it down to the penny you won't even get within a hundred dollars of an estimate it might be five thousand ten thousand twenty thousand thirty thousand forty thousand fifty thousand chunks you don't need to go down to the penny like oh it's three hundred seventeen dollars and twelve cents who knows that i don't know that we know it's about this much you know if it need say a bathroom a bathroom may cost five grand where you live i don't know say if you know a bathroom costs about five grand put a brand new bathroom in five thousand goes to the brand new bathroom if you know it costs you seven or eight grand to put in a brand new kitchen seven or eight grand to put in a brand new kitchen if that's your numbers once you know your numbers once you know what your numbers are going to be generally on any type of property depending on if you're doing a high-end rehab or you're doing a you know middle of the road just rental property type rehab so it depends on your exit strategy so if we talking about specifically wholesaling that's because for good i'm sorry what's that so like knowing like whether you're doing a, a cosmetic rehab or a full gut exactly if you're doing a full gut you can use one or two methods you can use that what 25 30 dollars a square foot of the property if you want to do that or you know like i say break it down by pieces hey i know i need a kitchen i know i need a bathroom i know i need seven windows i know i need this and you can kind of calculate that stuff when you know what those certain things cost once you know the major things what they cost you know you, you can uh, actually gauge it from there does that make sense yeah that makes perfect sense now many I of these houses like, like i say we do virtual so many of these houses i never go see them and i'll lock it up off of what they said because my contract protects me it's subject to inspection subject to inspection you got to have an out clause in your paperwork when you're doing these deals virtually because say they tell you oh yeah it don't need that much like a dude just told me last week oh yeah it only needs five grand but it's been vacant for four years I already knew he was lying when he said that. No vacant house for four years is going to need only five grand worth of work. That don't even make sense. It's been vacant. So when I go there, I find out that they got pipes taken, copper gone from underneath the house. I find out they got a big leak in the ceiling, and then they still need all the cosmetics that he knew about from before four years ago. So he really needed about fifteen to 20000 in repairs, and he's telling me five. You see what I'm saying? But I went and seen that with my own eyes. But in the event that he had done a contract with me, I would have told him, hey, yeah, man, it's on, you know, you told me you needed so about five grand. I'm sorry, go ahead with that question. If if you don't see the property in this virtual, like, I guess you got to get boots on the ground to go in and, like, get pictures of it or something? You can do it that way. So, like I say, we go, we, you know, there's two ways you can do it. You can go look at a house first and all that, but we go off what the sellers say. Like I say, our conversation game is good. If you get on that phone, they'll tell you, yeah, it needs a roof. Yeah, it needs a kitchen. Yeah, the bathroom got a hole in the floor. Yeah, it got this. The foundation is bad. See, when we ask these specific questions about each particular part of the house, you can get an idea or you can ask them, when was the last time you updated anything on the house? Or have you updated anything in the last five years on this property, Mr. Seller? I ain't updated nothing. So you know you're going to have to do some updates. You see what I'm saying? 
So it gives you a good educated okay. guess. In fact, yeah. that's one of the questions we asked on the closing call. So, hey, Mr. Seller, um, if you were to keep this house, I mean, if you used to fix it up the way you would like and make it real nice and neat and everything updated, what do you think that'll cost? You see how I took the pressure off me and put it on them? The pressure ain't on you. The pressure on them. Yeah. See, that's why I say when we first got on this call, you don't have to know it all. You just need to know how to ask questions. So, so hopefully that helped you out there. Now I'm understanding like why people are like jumping out. There. Mm -hmm. So throwing offers out blindly, you know, not saying that it can't work because a motivated seller, you can't do no wrong. You get somebody motivated, ain't nothing you can say wrong, ain't nothing you can do wrong. Take the house. There's some people out here like that. Okay, so do you uh do you cold call um on uh, Saturdays or on uh, the weekends, I guess? We cold call seven days a week, even when you sleep. Not really when you sleep, but seven days a week. Monday through <laughs> Monday. Because really, on weekends is when you can reach people. What are they doing through the week, Monday through Friday? I'm at work. Call me after work. Dang, I got to call them back. Call them on Saturday. That's when they're home. Ain't doing nothing no way. Call them on Sunday after church hours, if you can, after one or so. Catch them. Catch them when you can catch them, in my opinion. And that, like I said, that come back to what type of list are you calling? Are you calling somebody who got a pre-foreclosure coming up in 12 days? Or are you calling somebody just random, all absentee owner, don't have no motivation? People who have, uh, you know, like a pre a foreclosure coming up in 10, 12 days, you need to be calling them every day, three times a day, like a bill collector. So you can get an answer if you can put them on, you know, you're on collect collect call status. You're a bill collector at this point. Let's see if we can get them on the phone or go knock on the door or go reach out to them or whatever you need to do to get an answer from them. If they want to sell, we're the people that can help you out. If you don't want to sell, let me know if something changes or give them another alternative if you want to go that route. But, you know, like I say, it's all about doing whatever you need to do to get to the finish line. I'm in Colorado. You say you're in Colorado what now? I was about to say I'm in Colorado on uh, uh, out here. You know, I'd rather door knock in Chicago than door knock in Colorado. If we're being honest, you know, I ain't door knocking nowhere. Not saying, I'm just saying that's an option. <laughs> And it don't even have to be you door knocking. It could be somebody on your team, you know. So yeah. I never think of none of this stuff of me doing everything. That's why we, as entrepreneurs, we hire people to help us out in the business, whether they're driving for dollars, whether they're door knocking, whether they're putting out bandit signs, whether they're cold calling on your behalf, whether they're doing whatever they're doing. It's a business. Treat it as such. Well, I think once I get that first deal, then I'll be able to hire like some people to kind of do some of the, the groundwork for me so I can just focus on closing. Yeah, because it, it ain't no shortage on work. I will tell you that. Ain't no shortage on things to do in this business. This stuff never ends. It never sleeps. All right. Okay. Any other questions? I um, see. Rehab set up. Uh, the contracts. Do you go over the contract with the seller while you're on the phone with them when you're doing a virtual? Well, it depends. Majority of the time, no. But there are times that I have done that depending on that person and how they talking. 
You know what I mean? I gauge them, gauge their motivation. And part of, like I said, our question asking, are there any other buyers interested in this property? We asked that of every seller. He tell me, yeah, somebody else looking at it. Mm, we might need to get you locked up right now. You see what I'm saying? Versus, well, I'll okay. see. You know, it's a couple of ways to play that. You can lock them up right there if you can agree on everything and it makes sense. Or you can either play the other game where you say, all right, let them go ahead, tell you what they can do for it, and then call me back and we'll see if we can beat it. I try not to be always the first offer if I know they're dealing with multiple people because I know I can beat any offer that any wholesaler bring. Due to creative real estate. Now, as far as like your um, your out clause, I, I guess um, your inspection period, do you, like if you first starting out, um, because my buyers, my buyers are coming from uh, my title agent. Uh, she has a list of um, cash buyers. And if I get something under contract, I can send it to her and she can shoot it to everybody to see who's going to jump on it first. Um, if I guess if you're, uh, how can I put this? Let me ask you this before you if move on. Are you, are you having to pay contract. for this? Are you paying for that or that's free? Uh, that's free. Like I, I, I can, I get a lunch and stuff like that. And, um, you know, call in, check on and stuff like that. I know with me, I'm going to like, when I get my first deal, I'm going to cut her something on the side, you know, just so I can keep that train going. And she won't just, oh, he's making all of this money, but he's not giving me nothing but a Starbucks and a burrito. Like, I don't <laughs> want to do that. You know, I want to make it to where it's fair. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. Uh, but I know, like, do you get like a 15 day or a 30 day if you're just starting out? So that's like, here we go again. Everything we do is posed in a question, baby. So now that we've agreed on everything, right? Say you've talked to them. We've agreed on price. They're ready to go, right? We've agreed on everything. We're going to do 100000 for the house. So we're able to close in the next 30 to 45 days or sooner. Will that work for you? If we're able to close within the next 30 to 45 days or sooner, will that work for you? If they say, yeah, lock it up for 45 days or more, you know, depending on what they say. They might say, oh, it don't matter. Now, if they say, oh, no, I need to do it quicker than that. So 30 days is better for you. 30 days. Great. Lock it up for 30 days. See, I don't offer anything. I ask questions. You see what I'm saying? I don't go into any deal like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, I'm going to ask these questions. Let them tell me what they're willing to do. And while they're telling me what they're willing to do, they're making me the offer. So pretty much it's like. It's no cookie cut approach to this. Each seller is different is what you're saying. And you got to kind of like tailor make your uh, your conversation and your, your 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 forms around that seller. Pretty much. Yeah. But you do want to have a, a standard baseline. You know, every call you're going to ask these 10 or 15 questions, no matter what. You already know that when you get on a call with anybody, these basic things I'm going to talk about sometime in this conversation. They don't have to be in a, you know like a specific script, 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 line order. But we know we're going to talk about what kind of repairs this house need. We know we're going to talk about the reason they're selling and their motivation. We know we're going to talk about how much they still owe on it and things like that if we're thinking creative. We know we're going to talk about, you know, what they hoping everything works out to. What do they want for the property? We know that on every call, no matter what. <laughs> those are basics. Then you go deeper into those things as you're having a conversation as needed. 
Did it all come through? Um, okay. My last question is the earnest money. Um, when you're using the in-buyers funds as a, a earnest money deposit, do you, I guess, run into situations where it's a great deal and you want to lock it up right away? So you take probably, I guess, 5000 of your own cash or however much they want as far as the earnest money deposit. And you lock it up um, and then just have like the buyer and funds reimburse you locking it up. Do you do things like that or do you just use the buyer's funds? I don't do either because one, why am I putting $5,000 down on any property? I bought houses with $10 earnest money, closed on a bottom, meaning bottom, not wholesale them, bought the house for $10 earnest money. Not saying to do $10. I usually, I typically put $100 as earnest money. And in my paperwork, it even states that this $100 goes in escrow. I'm not giving them $100. It goes in escrow. And since you already said you have a good relationship with their title company, you're going to have a good situation with that because you may not even have to send that in. But, you know, even if it's $100, you can send $100. That's not going to hurt you. Versus, oh, I got to send this big old $5,000 earning money for what? I ain't sending y'all no $5,000 earning money for what? Why are we doing them big numbers? Oh, okay. you know what I'm saying? Where we come up with that number at? Now, on the sale side, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about you talking to a seller now. Hundred dollars, generally across the board, hundred dollars. That's what I do. Sometimes you can put more, but whatever we put, it don't matter because, like I said, you got a relationship with your title company. They may not require you to send it no way. But here we go. I, you didn't hear that from me. But. In the event you're selling the deal, so say we already got through with the buyer and we're selling the deal, definitely want to get five thousand dollars non-refundable from our end buyer on a wholesale deal. Definitely, we want to get some skin in the game. And even at that position, what are we gonna do? You think I'm gonna say I need five thousand dollars, or what you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna ask a question: How much can you put for the for your earnest money deposit? And let them tell me. Oh, I'll put five thousand down, or I can send you this much. If they say something reasonable, fine. If it's too low, tell them, yeah, we usually get a little bit more than that. Because I've had end buyers, so-called end buyers, come back and tell me, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to give you $100 uh, EMD. You ain't giving me no $100 EMD. I need some skin in the game, baby. When you lock it up, you buying it. Or I'm going to take your money. Because <laughs> this is non-refundable. So it's a difference between the earnest money you do with the seller versus the non-refundable that that end buyer does on a wholesale deal. Am I making sense here? Yeah, I know that non-refundable is in your contract, but do you also let them know when they're asking about the earnest money deposit? You said it's uh, such and such non-refundable. Like, say, if it's twenty five hundred, it's twenty five hundred non-refundable. Are you talking about? You with, the are you talking about to the end buyer now? Yeah. When you go, yeah, I tell them it's non-refundable. I let them know it's on the paperwork. The assignment agreement states on there this is non-refundable. You will never see this money again. States on the paperwork. So that's why I say a lot of this stuff is good What you're saying the right stuff, but it comes back down to what your paperwork say too, because your paperwork makes that paperwork. If your paperwork don't state the stuff we're saying out here in the flesh, it don't mean nothing because real estate breathes through documents. It don't breathe through what we're saying. What does that paper say? In fact, I had a deal that, uh, uh, so like I say on my paperwork, it states on there, say a wholesale contract, it states on there, that yes, we have an additional 120 days in case there's title issues. It's already in my original contract. Automatic 120 days extra in the event that we need to clear any title problems. Already in my contract. So I had a deal. This is like 
probably earlier this year. It was in escrow, and lo and behold, it came up with some title issues. But I already had an end buyer locked in, and I'm already locked in with the seller. We're ready to close, but it had title issues. They said, yeah, it's going to take till next week till we get this cleared up. They told me, the title company called me, hey, yeah, Chris, you're going to have to go back and have your seller sign another document to extend this thing. And I'm like, no, it's already in my original paperwork, baby. I ain't got to go back and have the seller do nothing. It's already in there. We get an extra 120 days to clear any title issues. See, that's why I say your paperwork makes all the difference in this business. And I don't know what paperwork you're using. Do but you if, have uh, your purchase? And I'll go ahead. Your purchase and sell agreement um, in the group. Is that uh, is that 120 days in that one as well? So the paperwork to do these deals is all at wokerealestate.com. All of the paperwork. The only thing in that Facebook group is that authorization to re release information, some templates and other stuff. That Those actual contracts are not in the group. Those contracts are at wokerealestate.com. Okay, cool. So just Do you have good purchase and sales agreements and stuff like that or what? What, what are you using? All right, so go to your website for I am not sure. I got a. Uh, I have a P and A from um. Uh, what's that? Uh, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to like. I guess use other people's names and stuff on these type of things. But I have a purchase and sell agreement from like a few different um people, and I'm not sure if it's legit because some of the stuff that you just told me, I'm like, dang, like you see my purchase and sell agreement. Look at this. But I guess it's a it's a money thing. This is my purchase and sales agreement. Is that one, one page side, clean and all of, look how simple that is. I don't have to go back and say, let me go talk to an attorney and let me go do all that. Signed by both parties at the bottom, ready to go. That's my purchase and sales agreement. Real clean, real straightforward. I don't have that objection of all. Oh, let me go let attorneys review it. Oh, let me think about it. Yeah. Oh, let me do this. I don't have none of that stuff. I never run into those issues because everything we do, simple, plain, straight, cookie cutter, almost and, and easy. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna need that uh that purchase and sell agreement from you. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So yeah, cool. I can get you that. That's that works. And so yeah, you know, your paperwork makes all the difference. Like I say, if you don't have your stuff right, it makes everything so much harder, man. It's like you like you be hustling backwards, like, man, I gotta do that back again. No, do it all right the first time. You don't have to chase your tail. You know. You don't have to chase your tail. You just can go and, you know, go for the deal. Yeah, you're right. I heard that symbol. Yep, yep. So any other questions you got for me? Smart man only works once. All right. Well, thank you for uh, answering these questions. I got, like, a lot of notes and stuff. Now, you want to know, though, I got to tell you something before you go, though. And kind of read I got to yeah. tell you something before you go. I need you to take action on this stuff. I'm telling you, I can't have you just taking notes. I need you to take yeah, action. On it. I need you to take action on it. No, I'm going to take action. I was just, looking. I'm going to take action. I was looking for where, like where to take action. Cause like, as you seen with me shooting blind offers out there, like I didn't, I'm just walking in the dark, you know, just failing, you know what I'm saying? Like not really understanding what I'm, doing so this helps me a lot i was just uh i was on the phone with my girl telling her, like man i need help with this stuff like this this really ain't it's not clicking i mean like i understand the concept but 
the paperwork and everything you said, it wasn't it wasn't clicking for me because I didn't know. Right, right. So I'm gonna take a couple questions from the audience. You you can stick around if you want to. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, let's see here. Oh, he's been on that Sean Terry down payment arbitrage. <laughs> see, and that's another thing. When you say that, you want to know how to come to down payments. I've bought several houses, no money down. That stuff is real. No money down real estate is real. People be thinking you gotta put all this money down and gotta do all this stuff. Man, you better learn how to talk on these phones of these people. You better learn how to talk to people and solve problems. It ain't always about the money. It ain't always about a down payment. It ain't always about different things. You have to take the time to identify what is the problem so you can give them a solution. The pro the solution to their problem may not be a big down payment or $5,000 earnest money or any of this other stuff that we already got pre-programmed in our mind. We don't know. So that's why I keep that position of being a good question asker. Let's see here. Mr. Thinking, Mr. Thinker. I just say I found it online. Yeah. When it comes to their phone numbers. Exactly. Uh, so do you use a mobile notary for that? Now you can use a mobile notary, but that stuff, like I say, goes through the title company. You don't need to notarize any documents to start the transaction. You need the purchase and sales agreement and the authorization to release information. Neither one of those require a notary. So you can do the purchase and sales agreement through DocuSign, HelloSign, or one of those digital softwares. No problem. And like I said earlier with the uh, authorization to release information, as long as there's a wet signature on there, you can make that happen as well. So no notaries required. You do need a notary for closing, but you don't need a notary for any of the stuff on your behalf. And that's why I want to make sure that's separate. A lot of people think you got to go do all this stuff. No, you need to do the stuff you need to do and let the professionals do what the professionals do. Let the attorney do what they do. Let the title company do what they do. Let them worry about that. I don't worry about that stuff. I don't think I don't do other people's job for them. I don't do contractors job for them. You see what I'm saying? I do my job. I get really good at doing my job, which is buying houses. That's my job. All this other stuff, let them do that stuff. What up, Nina? Happy 4th of July to you, too. Don't be out there popping on fireworks out in California. What's Said? Good to see you. <laughs> Let's see here. Just joining what I miss. Oh, you missed a bunch of nuggets, Nina. Can you make a video soon? Example on how to fill out a wrap contract. I actually have uh, videos that do explain all of that stuff. Uh, most of that stuff is in my coaching program which is at wokerealestate.com where I usually go into all details and all of that type of stuff. Cause you know, that stuff gets kind of detailed and I don't want to just be blasting that stuff out on the internet because every state is different. Every place is different. And it may be something extra in there that you may need to have. So um, I do have videos and, and information on actually filling out the contracts as well. Uh, let's see here. More questions, Mr. Thinker. Yep. Hey, Nina, Chris, love him some Nina. Look at him. I'm, I'm trying to help him shoot his shot. <laughs> All right. What if the sun? Oh, you got a question, uh, uh, Rashawn? You good? Oh no, I was laughing at uh. Oh, right. He's shooting that shot. I'm <laughs> he's shooting that shot. I'm gonna help him out. <laughs> Nina, uh, send Chris a message in the DM. Slide in his DMs. All right. What if the son has power of attorney to sign for the owner? Will this still require a wet signature? Uh, yes, it will require a wet signature whenever you're doing anything when it comes to the uh, authorization to release information. In fact, I bought two houses that way where the father or whoever owned the house or was on the house was dead or deceased. And the son or the daughter, now both cases, it was sons. They had a power of attorney on file at the bank. So they were able to sign on behalf for their homeowner. And that's another document you'll have as well. A power of attorney when you close on these deals. 
but that's all at the closing. I don't want you thinking about none of that stuff right now. You got some documents that they're going to have to sign on the back end, that, uh, of the, on the back end of these wraps, subject tos, creative type deals as well. But I don't like to put the cart before the horse. I just want to get you to the next step, to the next step, because there's a lot of moving parts in this stuff, and I don't want to make it confusing. What's happening, Miss Alcock? How are you? How's it up in Canada? Oh, Canada. All right, Chris Jackson, what's going on? Okay, they got their thing going. What document that needs bet the manager and the buyer? Hmm. What docu that needs bet the manager and buyer? Purchase and sales agreement with the seller, an assignment agreement with the buyer. If you're doing an assignment contract, if you're assigning it doing a wholesale deal, what's known as wholesaling. If you're assigning a contract, it's only those two documents you need. We do a third document, but we're special. We do extra stuff. So we do three documents. One, purchase and sales agreement between us and the original seller. Two, the the um, the actual assignment agreement with that end buyer. We do a third document too, which is a sheet that I created internally for the company that has closing instructions. Breaks down how much the seller is getting, breaks down what the wholesaler is getting, breaks down how much money the end buyer is getting and breaks down who's paying closing costs, etc. It's just like a summary sheet. All this stuff is on on the uh, original contract, but I made a short version of it. So they like, how much is the assignment fee? Because I don't know if you all know, but some of these title companies be acting slow sometimes. I've been through nine of them. I'm like, y'all know what y'all doing? I got to spell this out for you in plain English. So I created a document, which is like I said, a third piece of paper, which is closing instructions to say who the buyer is, who the seller is, who the wholesaler is, and the amount of money that everybody's getting. Something I created just for the internal. No, that's something, like I said, I created internally for the company. See, I'm a creator. I, this creative real estate, I take it to mind for real. Create what you need. If I ain't got it, I'm going to create it because I want to make this smooth as possible going forward. I don't want to just jump in. I'm just doing it as hustle. I, I jumped in and do it as a business. So I treat this as a business. So like I said, that third document that I created internally for our company, buyer, seller, wholesaler, how much they bring in, who playing closing costs, any special arrangements. I put that on an extra sheet, even though all this stuff is going to be on a purchase and sales agreement. But I do an extra sheet just for the title company so they don't have to ask me no dumb questions. Also on this document, it has their phone numbers, email yep. addresses. So they don't have to say, what's the email address to the seller? What's the phone number to the buyer? Don't ask me nothing. I sent you everything, baby. Because like I said earlier, real estate breathes through paperwork. So I just created another piece of paperwork that summarizes everything that the title company will need to close this deal without having to call me and act stupid or act slow or delay my closing. Be like, oh, we haven't heard from the seller. Well, I gave you their phone number and their email address. Call them up. Email them up. Find out. Do some work. Not saying I don't want to do it, but I gave you everything you need to get the deal closed. Let's get the deal closed. Make sense? So hopefully that answers your question, Facebook user. I don't know who it is. If you are that Facebook user, in the description of this video, if you click that link to say StreamYard, we will show your um, name in the uh, description here for future videos. Is it always a wet signature? I've used DocuSign before. It must vary by states. So wet signature is what we're talking about for the authorization to release information. We're not talking about for the purchase and sale agreement or any other documents. You can probably do all those documents on DocuSign. But I'm saying as far as the authorization to release information, which is the document to allow you to speak to the bank on the seller's behalf, that document needs to be a wet signature. That's specifically what I'm talking about. Chris Jackson, nothing much getting free 99 gems. I know that's right. We're having a whole conversation. What's the difference? I don't know what you're asking a Facebook user. 
Earl Jones, someone wants to sell a property that has a lot of equity and they don't want to just give it up their equity. Would you like to walk away with some equity? What would and would like to walk away with some of that equity? How would you structure that deal? We would structure that deal in a wrap around mortgage, a wrap. We're going to create a secondary underlying lien similar to the first lien, just going to show that we owe them some more money. Now you can do that secondary lien a couple of different ways. Like I say, this whole thing is creative and I don't want to make this confusing for anybody. You can do it with no payments. You can do it with payments. You can do it with no interest. You can do it with interest. You can do it whatever way you create the deal for that end buyer. So if you owe them 40 grand, you can put in there. Yeah, we owe you 40 grand in 24 months as a balloon payment. No payments now, no interest now. Or you can set it up where you're making the payments over time. It depends on your deal. Every deal is different. And that goes into more of deal structuring. But good question, Earl Jones. Fire. That's right. All right. Someone wants to sell a property. Same question. All right. Let's see if we got any other questions. Absolutely. What's up, Miss Tanel? What up? Yes, you're making sense. That's right. That's what we want to do. Non-refundable. We don't want nobody acting stupid and acting like, oh, I ain't no. Non-refundable. You hand me a chunk of money, you'll never see it again. And I mean it. All right, let's see here. Wow, an additional 120 days added to the contracts if there are title issues. Amazing. That's right. That's why I say your paperwork got to be straight. I got a lot of questions in here. Massive imperfect action. That's right. What's up, Sean? No money down is the bomb. Just bought one like that. Just bought two houses like that in the last three months. No money down. Don't tell everybody. All right. I always try to buy no money down and 0% interest. Exactly. I got a house, no money down, 0% interest right out here in South St. Louis County in Oakville with a balloon payment. Bruh. All right. Is your authorization released inside the contract or separate? The authorization to release information is a separate document that you can find in the woke real estate investing group. Free Facebook group. If you're watching in there, I can't tell, but I see you're already on Facebook. Join that up and get that going. Just messing up your game. You know it. Let's see here. Put you on blast. No problem, Chris. I got you. Your name, Chris. I got to hook you up, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, title companies have no clue. You have to be on their ace. You do. And that's why I had to create a whole new document just for them. Man, I fire title companies quick. Yeah, I've been through nine of them, and only one and a half are even good. One and a half, I said, out of nine. You do the math on that. All right. Do you add payoff amounts and account numbers, et cetera, extra documents you created? No, no. I let that. I let the title come. They pull that information too. title companies pull that loan payoff information as well. But I don't mess with it. I've used DocuSign for authorizations. Yep, you can. Hi, Charmaine. How are you watching on Periscope? We are streaming all the way live on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, and the Woke Real Estate Investing Group. Give this video a thumbs up. Give it a like. Give it a share. If you have any more questions, drop them in before I wrap this up in the next five minutes, I hope. How long should you continue to go after deals before consider, consider coaching? Um, when you feel like you've mastered the basics and you feel like you're just kind of lost in the sauce and you need some organization, you need some uh, structure, you need to get your systems together, things like that to get you a flow of leads, to get you a flow of uh, how to talk to people, to get you a flow of how to deal with situations. That's when it's time to get into coaching. And it's not for everybody. You know, everybody shouldn't do it. I say learn the basics first before you come get a coach. That's what I would suggest. For a recap, these documents we need, purchase and sale agreement, authorization release, and assignment contract for purchase and sale. Is that correct? Depending on your deal, that's correct. Those are some basic documents that sh everyone should have. And you can get all of those and more at WokeRealEstate.com. 
wokerealestate.com. All those documents are available for the masses. Let's see what we got here. Y'all dropping in a lot of questions tonight. Y'all supposed to be asleep. It's almost midnight. Y'all up here trying to do some woke stuff. Go to sleep. <laughs> you on a uh, mountain time or what are you on? It's yeah, it's mountain time. Um, so it's ten forty there. Two hours behind, so it's. 40. But I'll be up all night trying to learn this stuff, so it really don't matter. I'll be losing track of time unless I see daylight outside. I know that's right. Stay woke or wind up broke. Chris, do you buy houses nationwide? I will buy a house nationwide. I don't, but I will. I've done deals in other places, but I have never bought one outside of St. Louis yet. Not saying I won't, but I will, if it makes sense. All right. If they want 50 grand in my equity, could set up the terms to pay them over that note and mention the interest and, and not mention interest if they don't mention it. Exactly. I don't bring it up. I just write it up that way. Now, if they bring it up to me, we'll pay them interest if they want it. Three, four, that ain't no problem. But we're not going to give them nothing ridiculous, you know, depending on the deal, depending on the deal. Everything's about the deal. That's the beauty of creative real estate. You create success. All right. What's up, uh, Maurice Eastern Standard? I'm at work, though. I know that's right. Big D, what up? How you doing down in Georgia? Georgia. All right, so it looks like we got all the questions answered here. Did you have any other questions before I let you go, bro? Uh, no, I'm good. Man. You answered a lot. All right, so go in there and knock them dead. Don't, go in there and knock them dead. Don't appreciate delay. All right, appreciate you, bro. Yep, bang them out. All right, peace out. Yep, and that's how we do it, family. Don't forget, we'll be going live this Monday night, 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern. This week, we're on with Mr. Antonio J. Edwards. Antonio J. Edwards might have seen him up on YouTube talking about wholesaling, talking about flipping properties, talking about flipping houses in competitive markets. He's out in Florida. He's going to help and give us some tactics and tips on how to deal with these competitive markets where you feel like you can't get a deal, can't negotiate a deal. He's going to help us out with some of that. He's been in the game over 10 years, so we're going to definitely pick his brain. Uh, we're going to be on uh, the 20th of July. We're on with Flip Man, Flip Man. Ask Flip Man, Ty, a.k.a. the Flip Man, talking about flipping those contracts for profits. That's definitely somebody you want to be in on if you want to master the game of wholesaling and doing things like that. You want to talk to him. He's helped a lot of people out. I think he got over three or 400 videos or something like that. So he got a lot of good content. He'll be on this show Monday night. July the 20th. Make sure you're in for that. The following week after that, the 27th, we're on with Miss Charmaine Robinson talking about how to invest in tax liens and tax deeds. I know you hear a lot of stuff about that. So we're going to bring her in. She's a real estate attorney. Uh, she do tax liens and deeds, trademarks and copyright law. And uh, you can find her on Instagram at True Lawyer. We're on with her on Monday, July the 27th. So that's going to be a good show as well. We got some other ones coming up in the month of August. Also, tomorrow, we got a special treat. I don't have a flyer for this one, but I'll be on tomorrow about, I think, around 1 o'clock. We're going to be doing a live stream with Real Estate Diddy. Real Estate Diddy's in St. Louis this weekend for the 4th. And so we're going to be doing a live broadcast with him tomorrow, which is 4th of July around 1 p.m. So make sure you're tuned in for that. Um, as far as the regular Monday night shows, if you want to be notified of when we go live, all you got to do is text JV to 31996. 
text JV to 31996. That'll get you the free joint venture agreement, another free document from your bro, Mr. I Stay Woke. Um, and that'll get you notified as well of the live streams coming up. Don't forget to follow me on all social media outlets at Chris Monroe STL. That's on all social media, Chris Monroe STL on YouTube, Instagram, and all the others. And if you haven't already joined the free Facebook group, Woke Real Estate Investors, talking about subject two, talking about lease options, talking about seller financing, and so much more, the free Facebook group, Woke Real Estate Investors, tell them I sent you and get added to the group to be surrounded by like-minded people. You want to surround yourself by good people. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Also, this video is being brought to you by Wokesource.com. Get more leads than you can handle. Wokeskiptracing.com. Get skip tracing as low as 15 cents per match, not per search, but per match. And the WokeRealEstate.com is the website for all the contracts, cool gear, and the coaching. A lot of people say, where you get that hat to say I buy houses? WokeRealEstate.com. But why not? Or, in fact, I'm a cheat. You can put it right here, too. ChrisMonroeSTL.com. I think it's I got it forwarded to Woke Real Estate. So there you go. No excuses, right? Let me see what y'all saying in the comments. Awesome. Danielle, you stayed on the whole time. I'm proud of you. That's what I'm talking about. Stay on here and learn this stuff. People be saying they want to learn. I'm saying this show you that you want to learn when you get on these live streams and learn and take notes and ask questions and participate. Learn the game. There's no excuse. This is the information age. I'm an open book. I talk about What's anybody's excuse not to get on the game and learn it? You ever do any slow flips? Um, well, some people don't even know what a slow flip is. I just learned what it was a couple of weeks ago. Basically, when you do a terms deal to an end buyer that's an investor, uh, yes. But most of the time, no. I usually do it to an end buyer that's going to live in a property, love on a property, and take care of it and pay me my monthly payment each and every month. They not ready. They not ready. So that's how we're going to do it, family. Like I said, please give this video a thumbs up. Give it a like. Give it a share. Tag somebody. If you're watching on a replay, leave a smart comment. Let me know you came in and watched this video all the way to the end. Let me know. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, I'm easy to reach. You want to work a deal with me, JV a deal with me, any of that type of stuff. If you really got a deal, though, not no junk. Don't bring no junk. You want to invest. You got a bunch of money sitting in a 401k ain't doing nothing with it. Bring it over here and we'll put it to work and make you some money on that money. Chris at WokeRealEstate.com. That's my email address. Chris at WokeRealEstate.com. All right. Can you break down a subtail? I don't even know what that is. A subtail. You never even heard me use that word before, Maurice. <laughs> but I'm, it sounds like you're buying a house 72, selling it as a retail property. But uh, no, I don't really. I mean, I have some videos to go over that stuff. And that's a lot to break down this time of night at midnight. And I'm wrapping this video up. Uh, check in my videos on YouTube. I do have videos that go over that stuff in complete detail. I, I have over 200 free real estate videos on my YouTube channel at Chris Monroe STL. So definitely go check that out. All right. So hopefully you all have yourself a great day. Do what you do. Be who you be. And I'll see you before you see me. Yeah. Hey, we have. Hey, we have. Hey, we have.
Today's broadcast is being brought to you by WokeSkipTracing.com. Look up phone numbers and email addresses with ease, with pricing as low as only 15 cents per match. Not per search, per match. If there's no number or email address, you don't pay. Get accurate data in just minutes. WokeSkipTracing.com. That's WokeSkipTracing.com.